Hi, everybody. I'm here with Lauren Zhao, who is the author of the starter set for the Lincoln Douglas Lab at the 2020 Wi-Fi. Uh, he's also the 2014 NSDA national champion in Lincoln Douglas. Uh, so we're proud to have him working on the starter set and as a part of our staff for next year at the University of Wyoming. Uh, Lawrence, uh, do you mind telling us a little bit more about who you are? Yeah, so my name is Lawrence. I debated for a school called Bartlesville, Oklahoma in, uh, well, Oklahoma. It's a very small school uh, in the middle of nowhere with a graduating class of 400 people, which now that I'm thinking about it, since most of you are from Wyoming, that's probably not that surprising of a number. Um, I debated in college for the University of Oklahoma for a little bit. Um, I currently spend most of my time coaching Lincoln-Douglas debate at the Harker School, and I spent this past year teaching public forum debate in Beijing, China. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on here with us. Um, I wanted to give you a chance to talk about the affirmative and just kind of outline some of the key arguments uh, in the file that you cut. Yeah, so as you might notice, this the AF section of the file is a little bit short, shorter than the negative, and that's just because I think most of the good arguments are kind of already built into the affirmative case, and there's not much of a need to have as many 1AR cards, especially since you can't read that many in a debate. So I think this AF is pretty straightforward and one of the more stock affirmatives I think you're going to see on this topic. Um, the framework establishes a sort of deontological side constraint on what things can be permissible in war. So it's contrasted to a more consequentialist or more utilitarian framework that you might be more familiar with because it says that even if there are some things that are you know, good because they result in good consequences, that there's just something wrong about disrespecting human dignity and treating humans as mere means to get to those good consequences. And so it draws in a Kantian tradition of arguments to make, that, uh, to make that argument. The first contention is simply uh, reasons for why lethal autonomous weapon systems are violation, would, would violate human dignity. I um, mean, there's two pieces of evidence to establish that. The first one talks about how um, in order to respect human dignity, you have to recognize people's rights, but you can't give rights up to a robot to be killed by them. And the second piece of evidence establishes that robots, because they are unable to um, meaningfully assess the value of human life um, would, when killing people, be unable to recognize the dignity in the targets that they uh, kill. And so this, for this and other reasons, such as a lack of accountability um, as, and a sort of inability for them to uh, probably adequately distinguish between targets and have problems with targeting and proportionality, um, the first contention establishes that for all of those reasons that the use of autonomous weapons would be inconsistent with the principle of human dignity that is so important as established by the framework. The second contention establishes that if you don't buy that, there are good consequentialist reasons for thinking that lethal autonomous weapon systems are problematic. Um, so some of the evidence talks about how it would cause a global arms race, that because they're super cheap, they are going to end up in the hands of rogue actors and terrorists, that they're going to end up uh, being used for particularly grotesque ends, such as like ethnic cleansings or being used by dictators to suppress um, uprisings. They're going to be used by terrorist groups to enact assassinations and destabilization. Uh, and one of the main reasons is because it's really easy for this technology to proliferate and really hard to attribute where this technology originated from because there's no human really at the help. Um, some of the evidence in the affirmative case then also persuades, uh, proceeds to establish that um, because these weapons would be so new that they would be subject to unpredictable failures and unintended consequences, which means that they are very likely to, instead of de-escalating the chances of war, actually escalate 
those threats because they are likely to falsely perceive threats, they're likely to misbehave, and they're likely to accidentally trigger a chain of events that would cause a full-blown war. And the last couple of pieces of evidence in the affirmative case established that really only a full-fledged ban can actually rein in the problem of future autonomous weapons systems um, and gives good reasons to think that other solutions like relying on existing international law would be woefully insufficient for tackling this challenge. The reason I like this AF case a lot is because um, it sets up a dual burden for the negative. Most negative arguments for why lethal autonomous weapon systems are good are mostly consequentialist in that they rely on reasons for why they minimize civilian casualties or, um, or are otherwise good because they reduce harmful side effects. But the affirmative framework says we don't really care about that and forces the negative to win that their framework should precede or take over relative to the affirmative framework. And then they also have to beat a second contention that is designed to beat those consequentialist negative cases uh, because the affirmative second contention is entirely about the harmful consequences of autonomous weapon systems. So I think this is a pretty start, a standard and strategic affirmative case, which means that against any negative position, you have two options in the 1AR. You can either jump mostly in on the value criterion slash framework debate and argue that we don't care about the consequences. What we really care about is whether or not they respect human dignity, and you can just force a philosophy debate. Or you can concede the framework debate and waste all of the negative time that they spent trying to win the framework debate and just jump all in into the consequentialist debate and argue that autonomous weapon systems uh, produce bad consequences. So when we're talking about autonomous weapon systems, what all do you think that term encompasses? Are we primarily talking about drones? Are we exclusively talking about drones? Um, so one of the challenges that I think the negative will raise in a lot of debates is this lack of definitional clarity over what constitutes a fully autonomous weapon system. I mean, to, to keep one fact in mind is that a lot of weapon systems that we have now are pretty close to fully autonomous. Like think of the phalanx missile defense system, which is basically an automated machine gun that just shoots down missiles as soon as they come into range. There's almost no meaningful human control exerted over such systems. And so depending on which definition you pick as the app, it can be broadly expansive and include anything and everything from, you know, self-driving cars with a machine gun mounted to them um, up into, you know, the sort of obvious drone examples. Um, and so it's unclear what uh, actually constitutes an autonomous weapon, a lethal autonomous weapon system. And I think I'll leave that mostly up to the debaters to sort of uh, tease that apart um, because there are so many different conflicting definitions over what an AWS would be. Makes sense, I like that. Okay, so you've introduced the affirmative for us. Do you have any advice for debaters when they're negative? What are the good places to challenge this case? What are the stellar negative arguments across the board? Yeah, so most debaters in the negative might find this topic uh, really reminiscent of the Jan Feb topic from this last year about states eliminating their arsenals of nuclear weapons. I think the big difference for both the app and the neg is just that this technology is speculative. It's, it's more predictive because nukes existed, but AWS, in, at least in the state that most people are worried about, don't really exist. But I do think that a lot of the standard arguments that you would have made on that topic to the negative apply here. Um, the first thing is just simply to argue, as per the first position that I put together, the util MC, that there's just good reason to think that the introduction of lethal autonomous weapon systems, rather than being a net bad, would actually be a net good. Um, for every reason you point to the sort of grossness of weapons, that actually might be an advantage in their favor. So for example, people are quite emotional. And some AF authors think, well, that's what leads them to respect the dignity of people. 
But the negative might just argue, well, the fact that machines are cold and calculating makes them actually better at making decisions, makes them better at targeting real targets and avoiding collateral damage. And so they actually end up being better at saving both the lives of soldiers who would otherwise have to go in and do these missions themselves, as well as the lives of civilians in the area, because soldiers empirically have just been terrible about minimizing civilian casualties, whereas these autonomous weapon systems uh, might be much better at preserving the peace and protecting civilian lives. Um, so that's just like a straightforward approach. That's pretty much just like arguing that nukes are good for deterrence um, on the nukes topic. Um, but also in the nuclear weapons topic, a lot of people read negative positions that instead of advocating for the entire elimination of nuclear weapons, they would argue for restraining them or reforming them or in some way capping their ability to be used in a widespread manner. And so that would be the second position that I've put together, which is the regulation counterplan, which argues that instead of outright banning lethal autonomous weapons, that there's good reason to think that a regulated control of them, right? So making sure that these weapons are used only in certain circumstances and the technology is strictly regulated, that might be good and avoid some of the more negative harms that people are worried about, like arms racing or it falling into the wrong hands, while preserving the good things about autonomous weapon systems, like the increased precision in targeting. Finally, just like people on the nukes topic argued that bans aren't particularly effective because people might either choose to ignore the bans or to rearm or to secretly covertly develop the weapons or uh, in the case of non-state actors, just not have any care whatsoever what the ban says, you can argue that bans will be ineffective because states will cheat on the ban, that sort of rogue actors will uh, still develop this technology and that terrorists in particular would be very likely to develop this technology. Um, and so these bans don't solve the problem, but all they do is make sure that only the bad guys have this uh, technology. Um, so I actually think a lot of the arguments for the negative are very similar to the arguments that you would put on the nukes topic. The big difference that you need to keep in mind is that this technology is much more speculative in nature and also a lot harder to define, which leads me to my last argument that makes it unique to this topic, which is that one of the big AF weak points is figuring out exactly what an autonomous weapon system is. And so the first argument under the block section is precisely a negative argument that says, what do we ban? Because what actually constitutes a lethal autonomous weapon? Oh, thank you so much for that very comprehensive explanation. Uh, I have a follow-up question for you. Earlier, you talked about the 1AR needing to make a choice between the deontological contention one uh, and the consequentialist contention two, uh, or sort of acceding to the negative framework. Who do you think this debate favors? Uh, all things equal, do you think that the affirmative is gonna come ahead on the deontology debate more, or do you think the negative is better positioned and the affirmative might often end up going with their consequentialist contention? So, a debate, like the most naive answer is just like, yeah, the negative is gonna win most debates because being app is hard in LD. Um, if, I'm, if I'm just going based off of a survey of the literature and sort of ignoring the relative skill levels of debaters in terms of their ability to like execute and defend philosophical positions, um, I'd say that this topic leans like 55%-ish AF and like 45 neg in terms of the consequentialist debate. And it leans like 60 AF, 40 neg in terms of consequentialist, uh, in, the, in terms of the philosophical debate. So I didn't get around to fully lining down these cards in the neg file because um, I was a little bit uh, pressed for time here. But some of the negative objections to the philosophy positions are really solid. The problem is, is there's, they're not really offensive, right? They're, they're just defenses against, they're defensive against AF arguments that suggest that there's some deontological reason that AWSs are bad. 
but there's not a proactive philosophical reason to think that they're good, um, just reasons that the app arguments are wrong. The, and, and so I think that this topic is slightly more balanced than the nukes topic, because I thought the nukes topic was like 90% AF, 10% neg. Like I just thought that the AF overwhelmingly crushed on this topic. I think this topic is like the nukes topic, but way more balanced for the, um, way more balanced for the negative. All right, well, Lawrence, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate you outlining the file and your thoughts on it, uh, and look forward to seeing you in the fall.